Well, hello. Hello, friends, family, people out there. What's happening in the world of the digital interwebs and podcasting nets of things? How's it going? Uh, this is the Sneaky Emu. Uh, episode number 49. 49. Uh, the Sneaky Emu is a place where we want to discover the wonders of the world, the beauty of God, all kinds of great things that are ever before us that sometimes we fail to see and occasionally might even overlook. Yeah. Um, Mom, thanks for listening. I uh, also need to give a big shout out to my friend who lives in the West Palm area now, who sent me a very kind uh, word of encouragement the other week uh, on the booking of faces. So thank you to you. You know who you are. Um, so I don't know what we're calling this one yet. Number 49. Uh, but this really, today, I want to talk about, I had an experience yesterday, and there was something that came to my mind that I wanted to do in the experience at this event, and I didn't do it, and then I had a lot of thinking about it, and I thought, oh, I think I should, we should talk about this. Okay, so it's it's actually quite sad. It starts sad um, and heavy, uh, and that's why I think this is, is decent to talk about. I, uh, I don't know where you're at in regards to like your family and friends and yourself that's been affected by COVID and, and all the stuff that goes along with it. But it seems like there's with the resurgence of everything that's happening right now. And this isn't, this isn't a political statement. This is just thinking and processing as we're all going through, through the craziness of life, uh, that is before us. But it seems like there's a lot of situations that I, that are directly affecting me currently related to this. And I've, I've noticed with the resurgence of the new Delta variant or whatever it is, that there seems to be, there, there seems to be like a bit more fear, more fear. Um, there's, my, my family and I, like I mentioned the other week, uh, got got the vid. We uh, we were vaccinated. We were able to, you know, within about a week, uh, kind of get through it and get back to like normal routines as, as normal as it can be now. Um, but you know, I there was a lady uh, from that that I know who lost her daughter um, in her in her forty same age as me, uh, forty two I think, um, who who just died from COVID. And then the, um, the thing I was participating in just the other day was uh, a friend of mine, well, actually a different friend of mine got really sick and he was struggling um, just in and out of the ER a few times, um, struggling with, you know, breathing uh, well, oxygen levels, all the stuff that this stuff is affecting. And then my other friend and, and his wife got, they got, they got it. They had been quarantined for a while. And while they had it, um, her, her dad went into the hospital and then a few days later, her mom went into the hospital. And then within a period of about three days, they both passed away. So my friend just lost both her parents in under a week 
And uh, man, it's just absolutely, it's devastating. It's gut-wrenching. It's, it's, it's heartbreaking. Um, and I've noticed, you know, there, there's some part of me that has this, uh, this weird sense of, um, like why, and there's a lot of reasons I'm not getting into all that, but just like my family did okay with it and other families are not. And we had mild symptoms, mild symptoms, and others don't. And th there's just so much surrounding this heaviness. So, anyways, I, I went to I went to the services the service the other day, and uh, it was a couple hours away from where I live. So I drove up there just to be with them because it's it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, and it, it was at this. Baptist Church, and man, by the way, just kind of a side note, um, I've worked so very hard over the past several years uh, to, re to, to kind of unlearn a bunch of religion, do you know what I'm saying? And religious talk, and religious cliches, and... Um, just the, tried to unlearn a lot of that stuff. And so when I went to the Baptist church and listened to the Baptist preacher and all the friends that were um, trying to, to say nice things, I, I felt very like very much like a foreigner. I felt like an, like an outsider. Like it felt so distant to me. And even in talking with my friends, you know, they were, they were just kind of like, you know, sometimes well, a lot of times that language uh, doesn't help. Like when you, when you lose both of your parents in a week and somebody says, well, God has a plan. Like, really? That's, that's what you're going to say to me right now? Like, how does that, what? That's not, that's not helpful. Or when the, when the minister closes the service with basically an altar call you're how it's so very confusing to me that's i i don't i i don't personally see that as a as that's what that moment is about um so it was a, it was a bit of an odd thing so as i was on my way up to the service I was thinking about something because I know where my friends are at in their thinking of God and church and all this stuff. They both grew up very uh, evangelical, kind of traditional church type people, but have both kind of had some bad experiences through that and uh, are, are kind of post that. Um, you know, they, they believe in God, they believe in something greater, um, whatever. Uh, I, and so I know that that, that language isn't comforting for them in those moments. And I, and I, and I could tell when I talked to my friend before the services, like it was taking a toll on them. And so I was, I was thinking on the way up there, like, how do I, how do I speak comfort to them? How do I speak hope to them? How do I, how do I step into that moment as a friend 
and provide anything, you know, um, and sometimes, sometimes you really don't, when it comes to situations like this, by the way, sometimes just being there is more than enough. Right. Um, but what I also noticed is there's a lot of well-intended people that don't know what to say or do in situations like that in comforting somebody who's grieving and they say things that aren't helpful, but it's coming from a sincere place, right? So there has to be, if I'm the one who is grieving, there has to be some sort of uh, grace extended to others, even though you're the one hurting. There has to be grace extended to others who don't know how to have a conversation with you, who don't know how to talk about grief. Um, but what it seemed like was, uh, for much of the language surrounding the service, it was kind of like trying to put a, a ribbon on a present, um, so that you could kind of move on. It was like, we say these things, we have these platitudes, we have these particular ways of thinking about moments and situations like this. And well, they, you know, they're in a better place. Uh, they they had hope in Christ, and so therefore we trust, and so therefore you know, we, and then we kind of move on, um, and uh, so I'm getting a bit distracted. Sorry, just a, it's a lot to process, you know, um, when I think about what what my friends are going through, and uh, I'm trying to figure out on the way there. What do I? How, how do I step into this? I don't want to do this other stuff, the, the old way, how do I do this in a way that's, that might be actually beneficial for them and where they're at. And so I come up with an idea. <laughs> it seems so silly. I'll, I'll tell you, first, let me tell you, I didn't get a chance to do this. Um, it just didn't have the time and spacing and it wasn't proper. I, maybe I could have forced it, but then it would have been weird. But I came up with an idea of something that I thought would be a good idea, something that might be helpful, something that might speak to them on a deep way uh, that wasn't the normal sort of, well, uh, this is a chance for you to grow. Really get out of my face with that garbage. Oh, by the way, speaking of garbage, <laughs> if, if I'm going to vent a little, um, the I've, I've seen recently some of the Christian community posting things on social media about the mark of the beast and how, uh, and, and basically maybe not saying directly, but basically, basically insinuating some are saying directly, but insinuating that the, the vaccine taking the vaccine is somehow taking the mark of the beast. Okay. Stop this. I'm, I'm assuming that if you've listened to me thus far, this probably isn't you, but, uh, if it is, Stop. This is not, that's not what it is. Okay. Um, also just for like reference points and just for, uh, for your own kind of peace of mind, the book of revelation is, is an apocryphal book. Um, so it takes bits of history and, and things that are happening in the moment. And then it makes it, uh, mixes it with like fantasy and uh, like non-reality. <clears throat> and what, what people often miss about this book is that this wasn't written 
thousands of years ago for us now as a way to interpret things in the future, right? They weren't, when, when John wrote this, which we believe John wrote it, John wasn't thinking, I don't know what all this means, but in a couple thousand years when the world is going crazy, this will be good information for them to have. That's not how that was written. Uh, most of that stuff had to do with what was happening at the time. And it was written in a way that it could be a bit coded. Um, some people in some of the early manuscripts of the Bible that's put together, the book of Revelation wasn't even included because it was so weird. I heard one one uh, scholar talk about it one time and he said that it's like um, it's like it, it's like this whole thing was written in code and then we lost the key to help decipher it. Right. Um, but <laughs> so it's it, there's just that book has caused so many issues and so many problems with uh, in, in the Christian realm about how people think things are going to go down in the end. And it's stirred up. People use it as a way to stir up fear in the end of the world is coming. And I mean, who was it? Tim, Tim LaHaye that wrote the whole Left Behind series. Remember the Left Behind series? That book terrified me as a kid. Uh, as a kid, I was probably in high school when that thing came out reading that. And I remember being so into it and then it got a little scary and I was like, I can't do this. And now I look at that and I'm like, man, that was not, that was not good. That was not a good thing for people to be reading. Like, stop. Um, in fact, like the whole, so much of it is, is, uh, it, it, it's about, so much of it is about the Roman empire, right? The mark. So the way things work back in the day when this thing was being written, Rome is taking over the world. This, I'm sorry for the little side note on uh, the book of Revelation here. Rome is taking over the world, and uh, you know they're obviously in control of Israel and all this stuff. One of the things that uh, had happened is in a place like Ephesus, you hear Paul talk about being in Ephesus a lot. Ephesus was a major um, hub for commerce and trade and all this stuff. And so um, the way the Caesar had set up these major hubs that they were that Rome was operating out of as they're taking over the world was that in order for a person to participate in like public life like let's say for example you uh, you, you have some sort of business you're selling some something right this is how you provide for your family you you're a farmer you take your goods you're a, a merchant you take your wares to the, to the city square area and in order to participate in that commerce, in order to operate your business, one of the things that you had to do was that you had to get approval from from Rome, from the Romans. And so they would have people at the square that essentially, uh, uh, one of the things is you would have to um, offer a sacrifice to a statue uh, or a, like a head of Caesar honoring the, uh, and stating that Rome is in charge. And then you basically had to get uh, uh, this marking, this consent from Rome in order to sell your stuff. So the mark of the beast is about buying into the Roman Empire so that you can provide for yourself, right? This, it's and really, um, it's not entirely unlike anybody in America opening a business and getting a tax ID number, right? In order for you to operate 
legally in a business legally, you have to be registered with the government. That's what was happening. It wasn't this, it wasn't about getting a chip in your arm and do you, do you know what I'm saying? And then, oh, saying we're going and then being scared of the one world currency and the all, all, all that, all that stuff. They were writing about what was happening in front of them. And it's all metaphor and analogy for what was happening in front of them for a, a good portion of that stuff. So enough with the mark of the beast stuff already. Okay. Like, let it go. Move on. If you have friends that are promoting that, stop them. <laughs> In love, in love, stop them in love. But like, that's not what this whole thing is. Getting the vaccination is not taking the mark of the beast. Stop this thinking. Anyways, I, I had this idea uh, before I got to the service. How can I speak to my friends in a different way, in a way that doesn't trigger like old hurt from old church wounds? And... Um, I just thought, you know, maybe just speaking peace over them. And so I thought, well, how can I do this in a way, in a, in a, in a meaningful way? And I thought, well, here's what I can do. Okay, Th this was my idea. Again, it didn't happen, but this is what I was thinking. All right, husband and wife, uh, she's just lost her parents, both of them. Husband is there supporting, I get it. Um, all I wanted to do was to be able to place my hand on their head. <laughs> uh, it seems silly when I say it out loud, but I think it would have been a powerful thing. And just to speak over them, peace, peace to this mind. And then to have them place their hands on their heart and to place my hand on their hand on their heart. Peace to this heart. And then to have them place their hands on their belly, maybe even, and place my hand on their hand, on their belly, and say, peace to this being, right? Words, words create worlds. And I think there's, there's power in that. I mean, this is, this is, it's like a combination of a blessing and a prayer. And it's, it's inviting something bigger than ourselves into their being and into their presence. Which, you know, you may hear that and think, oh, that seems a little weird. But in, in my mind, I thought, I think there's something there. Um, <clears throat> and, and really, to me, it connects to this bigger idea that uh, if you've listened to the podcast a little bit, where I've talked about the idea of energy affecting matter and matter affecting energy. Um, I, I always come back, I've, I've shared this many times, I think, but to when I couldn't... Um, when I had the, 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 this extreme pain in my shoulder blade, I couldn't lift my arm. It was very painful. Uh, couldn't barely put a shirt on. One day I, I called everywhere, everywhere around my area, like anybody that had an opening, who, <coughs> who can get me in. Uh, when the lady ended up fixing my shoulder, she asked me, where uh, have you been stressed lately? And I said, yes, a ton. She said, oh, that's a place the body stores stress. Didn't we just talk about that? Was that like a week ago? I don't know, a couple weeks ago. So with that kind of thought in mind, oh, I've been in this negative stressful environment or I've been in a stressful place in my head and that has all translated from my mind into the rest, into this particular place in my body. Like your body has the energy to transform this negative thought, this toxic thought, 
this uh, negativity that you put yourself in into the body in a way that it causes some pain or causes some problems. So my thinking is, well, can't we do the opposite, right? And this is, you know, any sort of like meditation or prayer practice is, is kind of tied to this. Like, I'm going to think on the good things. I'm going to be, think about even even the concept or the idea of like, count your blessings. Remember that old song? Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Yeah, you know that song. Now you're hopefully you get that stuck in your head. Um, but maybe even the idea of counting your blessings, isn't counting your blessings like a, it's an affirmation technique? Here's what I'm thankful for. Here's all the blessings in my life. Here's all the things that, you know, maybe even the small things that I take for granted that are actually um, a blessing to me. So I thought if that's, if, if my body can process the negative, then my body can also process the positive and have a positive effect in my being. So if I can speak that over somebody, then maybe there's something powerful there that could give them a moment of reprieve in the heaviness that they're going through. Now, uh, I didn't get to do it. <laughs> Guys, I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry to my friends if they'll probably never listen. But um, I, it just got me thinking about all the people that are that I know of or or that maybe you know of that are struggling with uh, a, maybe not a direct similar situation, but with just the amount of uncertainty and fear. And, and when I, I look at different people, uh, like acquaintances that we cross paths with and in my daily, you know, in my weekly routines and I, and I pick up on all this, I pick up on the unease and the, and the anxiety that people are having and I just want to place my hand on their being and speak peace. Peace. Like, take a breath. Take a moment. Peace. Be, be still. Be calm. You don't have to live in a mode of panic. And so I was thinking about all this. And then uh, <clears throat> I was reminded of there's a particular passage that um, I kind of clued into uh, kind of around the same time frame as as this thoughts about energy and matter and stuff um, were were becoming kind of present in in my thought process. Um, so when it comes to peace, there's there's a passage. There's two passages I want to I want to read you. Okay, uh, one is John fourteen. John 14, Jesus is, is talking and he promises the Holy Spirit and he's talking about how God is going to send this one after him. Um, okay, verse 25, John 14, 25, all this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all the things, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Then he says this, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. All right, so Jesus says, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving you with this thing. But the way that this is stated, um, it's, it's more. Okay, what I mean by that is a lot of times when people are trying to give a condolence or trying to say something, 
to somebody who's struggling, say something comforting in a time of difficulty. It's like uh, we say these things and they don't seem to carry a lot of weight. It's just like it's something we say. Uh, some, and sometimes it does. I get that. Um, yeah, oh, I'm praying for you. Oh, I'm praying for you. Yeah, that's nice. That's kind. Maybe they are. Maybe they aren't. Maybe it's just a way to get out of a difficult situation, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Praying for you. Praying for you. Um, but this is like there, there's something, there's something a bit weightier here to me. What the way that this is said, peace I live with you. My peace I give you. It's it's like this. It's like a tangible thing. It's not just an ideal. It's not just a um, a passing phrase. My peace I give you, uh, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. It's like something that you could pick up, right? And, and, and then when you're carrying this, when you're holding on to this thing, it says, do not let your trouble, your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. This thing that he's leaving behind, this tangible uh, expression of his being that is this peace is something that should give us a bit of calm and comfort that should alleviate fear and anxiety. Now, this other passage, Luke 10, I find really, really interesting. Luke 10, Jesus is sending out the disciples, sending out the 72. He's, he's sending them to all these different places. Um, uh, he says this really interesting thing. Okay. So he said, he's talking about, uh, I'm sending you out like, uh, lambs among wolves do not take a purse or a bag or sandals do not greet anyone on the road uh, he says verse 5 Luke 10 verse 5 when you enter a house first say peace to this house so speak this blessing this thing uh, and remember words create worlds uh, in the in the Jewish uh, mindset in the Jewish consciousness Words are active. They are things unto themselves. So when you utter something from your lips, it's not just a mindless, maybe that's not the right word. It's not just information or sounds that communicate a particular thought. In the Jewish consciousness, words ha have weight. They, they, they take the moment that they are spoken, they take a, a, they, they, they take on life, right? They are active participants in the world. So Jesus says, when you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. Verse six, if someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Okay, to me, when 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 Jesus says, "I don't give to you as the world gives," um, I give you this. I give you my peace. Um, it's uh, where did it go? I just lost it. Peace I live with you. My peace I give you. Right? It's this. It's it's more than just a saying. It's this, it's, it's almost like this tangible thing. And then when he's telling, when he's sitting out disciples and he says, here's how you approach somebody, here's how you approach a house, you, you speak this word, this thing over them. And then if it's, if it's somebody who promotes peace, 
that peace will stay with them. If not, it will return to you. It's almost like, again, it's this, it's this thing that's more than just a phrase. It's this gift. It's this, uh, th- there's some sort of interesting heaviness and weight and tangibility to this idea of peace. It's not just an abstract thought. It's like rooted in something more. And so I love this concept or this idea. And I think uh, when it comes to interacting or when it comes to like this thoughts that I had with my friends, like that's what I wanted. I wanted to be able to place a hand on them physically and then speak this word of peace over them. I wanted to give them this gift, this thing that was more than just a platitude, this thing that was a a heavier thing that carried weight uh, that they could then receive and internalize and then allow that thing to take up residence in their being. Do you see? Like... There's something about this that's that's just more. It's 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 so much more than empty words. There's there's a weight to it. There's a a, 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 a tangibility. I, I keep saying that word. I don't I don't know that I have a better word for it at this point. It's like I'm I'm still kind of wrestling. But that instinct of of that idea led me to this way of thinking. And so when you when you connect it to this idea again of energy affecting matter, then is it possible that when I speak these things over them, uh, when I it's it's this blessing, but it's also this gift. Like, th- I think there's power there. I think there's a whole lot of power there, and 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 I think maybe maybe this is something that some of you need. Maybe this is what we all need at some point. Um, by the way, didn't Jesus say in the Beatitudes, "Blessed are the peacemakers." <laughs> like maybe blessed are the peace givers, the peace distributors, those who are reconciling, those who are offering uh, relief, those who are offering uh, calm and centeredness to, to the rest of humanity, right? When you enter into a house, first say, peace to this house. You're bringing this gift. If someone who promotes peace is there, that peace will rest on that. If not, it will return to you. So this is something that can be given. This is something that you're handing off. This is something that you're placing on somebody. And they can choose to accept and receive that. Or they can choose to reject that, at which point it will be handed back to you. It's like you have this goodie basket of calm. Here, I'm bringing this to you. This is for you, this goodie basket. And it's a big wicker basket with all kinds of fruits and vegetables and peace <laughs> sitting in there. It's like a, uh, what's the uh, what's the fruits dip in chocolate? Ed- edible arrangement. It's an edible arrangement of spiritual goodness. <laughs> and you and you can hand that to people and then what they do with it is up to them but if they don't if they're not people who accept it then that thing will be handed back so apparently this is something that you have the ability to distribute 
to give to others in like a, a, a much more tangible way. So I just keep thinking in, in with the world that we live in, in the state of fear and anxiety that I see in a lot of people, maybe what some of us, some of you, some of me need to hear today is peace. And, and maybe, maybe, can we, can we do something? Maybe this is, a, can we do something a little different today? Um, can we make this a little more interactive? Um, can I, can I speak peace over you in this moment? I mean, I guess it depends on what, what you're doing. Like if, if you're driving or running or something, this may be a bit more difficult, but maybe if you're just listening, although who just listens to a 40 minute podcast, <laughs> uh, I'm going to sit down and listen for 40 minutes. Cause I have that kind of time in my life. Um, if you're, if you're driving, if you're running, if you're doing whatever, okay, don't close your eyes. But if you got a second and are at a safe place, maybe you can close your eyes and take a few deep breaths. And maybe I can just speak this over you. Since I didn't get a chance to do this with my friends. Um, you know, I even actually, I even had the silly thought. And I hope you're not judging me too much. But I had the silly thought as I was driving home because I was just going... Why I should have just pulled them aside and spoke this over them and handed them this uh, edible arrangement of spiritual goodness. I should have placed this on them. And I was like, well, if if energy affects matter and if my being present with them could hand them this thing, maybe, maybe just a simple, does a text message work that way? <laughs> Can I text somebody a message of peace and have it rest on them? Like if Jesus um, would have been like operating physically on the earth now, would that passage read differently? I don't know. So maybe if I, since I didn't get a chance to do it with them, I thought maybe I could get a chance to do it with you. And maybe through the uh, magic of the uh, airwaves and technologies and what have you's, I could, I could, I could speak this over you. Okay, so here's what I want to do. I just, I, I, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes just for a second, and to be where you are. Right. If, again, if you're running or driving, <laughs> please just listen. You don't have to close your eyes. But if you're at a place where you could close your eyes and just be, be present, be in this moment. Don't be beyond this. Don't be in the next meeting. Don't be into tomorrow. Don't be in your errands. Don't be in the lists. Don't be in the worries that you're carrying with you. Be here. Be in this moment. Listen to the sound of, of, of these words. And I want you to picture maybe me placing my hand over you on your forehead, on your shoulder. And I want you to hear these words. And I want you to take these words into your being. I want, I want this to rest on you. I'm going to speak these words over you. Peace. Peace. Peace in your mind. Peace. Peace 
in your heart. Peace in your being. Maybe this is something that you can even repeat. Maybe this becomes your mantra for the day, your meditation, your prayer, just to repeat this phrase. Peace in my mind. Peace in my heart. Peace in my being. Peace in my mind. Peace to my heart. Peace to my being. I'm speaking these things over you now in this moment. I'm sending you this peace. I'm offering you this gift from the depths of my heart, from the depths of my mind, from the depths of my soul, my being. I'm picturing you, I'm picturing all of you that take the time to listen to my silly little podcast, that wherever you are, whatever you're doing, today, in this moment. You do not have to be anxious. You do not have to be overwhelmed. You do not have to be afraid. You do not have to be afraid. You do not have to be overwhelmed with fear. You do not have to live in a state of panic. Jesus says, I give you peace. I do not give as the world gives. I do not give as the world gives. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. All right, my friends. This has been the Sneaky emu episode number 49 i'm sending you all the love and all the peace god bless and i will talk to you later